This is Raspberry Lemonade, the Arnold Palmer of podcasts, a refreshing dive into the stories of industry professionals, both sweet and sour. And now your host, Mr. Levi. Welcome back to another episode of Raspberry Lemonade. We have a very special, very amazing guest today. Welcome to the show, man. How are you doing today? Levi, thank you for your time, brother. I'm doing amazing, man. How, how's life in California treating you? It's pretty good. Uh, it's been... Actually, it rained you last night, so that was interesting. Not not very common over here. But uh, how's life over there in New York? Oh, man, it's it's cold, but it is it is abundant, man. I can't lie. There's a lot of good things happening. And, you know, I'm I'm blessed to to travel for work. So, you know, I was just in Miami. I was just in L.A. um, in Santa Monica. So, you know, I still have all that um, lingering on my on my memories. Excellent, man. So what do you say we let the audience know who you are? Tell us a little about yourself, too, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, <clears throat> you know, a little bit about me. Uh, my name is Mitchell Ruiz. I was born and raised in the Bronx, New York. Uh, I lived there for about 16 years. I'm currently 34 years of age. So um, from 88 to about 2004, um, you know, I lived in the South Bronx in a disenfranchised neighborhood and in a housing projects where, you know, my mother wanted to get us out of there. I'm um, in 2004. So we wound up moving to Miami, lived in Miami for a couple of years and, you know, didn't really have a lot of resources as far as like uh, perceived opportunities or knowledge uh, of the options. You know, there wasn't much literacy. It was just kind of like still in survival mode. And so, yeah, that was that was a very uh, uh, turbulent uh, time in my life where, you know, it taught me a lot, brought a lot of self-awareness got into some trouble, moved to Rochester, New York, which I call South Canada. It's about, (laughs) (laughs) it's actually pretty warm today. Yesterday it was eight degrees and it said that it felt like it was negative 15, but, um, oh man, it's, it's assault. It is, it is literal like assault. You want to press charges. Um, but yeah, man. So, you know, that that's pretty much, you know, what my upbringing was. And when I moved up here, you know, I had a lot of time to reflect and think about, you know, life and how we got to that point and um, figured out that education was the only thing that was going to liberate my person from, you know, the circumstance that I was born into. So started pursuing that, uh, did that for some years as far as like just personal development, got my GED, GED to my two year degree. Avoided student loan debt, went into, uh, you know, just getting certifications, jumped into mixed martial arts. I mean, I just tried everything. Um, I mean, I did some modeling and acting classes. Um, you You're name it. You do, man. I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it takes one to know one, Levi. So <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate it. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it, it's um, a little bit about me. Yeah, I'm, I'm of Puerto Rican descent. Uh, I did my genealogy, so it's confirmed. Uh, I got like 63% Puerto Rican, some Colombian, and a little bit of Arab as well. But um, 
Yeah, man. I, I live for my, for my family, for my two boys. I'm, I'm all about, you know, giving in order to receive, understanding the mechanisms of the universe in order to um, enhance the quality of life of me and the people I care about. And uh, the golden rule, golden rule is always doing out to others and, and uh, as you would want done to you. So. That's it. Yeah, man. I, I really appreciated that first introductory call that we did, you know, cause we, we had know each other who either one of us were before recording this podcast. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I tried to really do that, especially with someone who I've never met before. And we had a great conversation. I think I told you the call should only take maybe like 20 minutes tops. And we ended up talking for almost an hour. So, I mean, that just goes to show that we were definitely vibing and, and the conversation was definitely uplifting. So I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Um, nowadays, what would you say if you had to categorize what you're doing, you know, to support yourself and your family, what would you say if we had to put a title on it? Uh, like, what do you do? A title, I would say it probably falls under like a generalized business consulting blanket. Uh, there's a lot that goes into business consulting or, you know, every industry is, is business to some, you know, shape or form. There's a monetary component to it. So uh, that's one of the, the benefits that I got working for JP Morgan Chase for the two years that I did was, you know, understanding the, the dynamic of different industries by the conversations that I'm having around people's finances it really, you know, gives you a insider perspective on the world. And then your brain is like a natural Rubik's cube solver, you know? So as you absorb, as you become, you know, more aware of these different things that are happening, your brain is just combining all the different, you know, perspectives and, and seeing like a, a, a side of truth that isn't really visible to the naked eye. Yeah, no, I totally see that, man. Okay, so consulting. Let's dive a little more into that. Could you give us an example maybe of what that entails or specifically for you how what that looks like? Absolutely. So it's uh it's kind of like this. It really is like a, a natural conversation. Uh and and when you're vulnerable, you're able to share your story with people. And that's one thing that I've that I'm really good at is just being vulnerable to a strength where people, you know, it's, it's the law of reciprocity. People will be a reflection of you if you are being whichever way. If you're standoffish, people are going to be like, man, like, what's this guy's problem? But if you're if you're happy, if you're, you know, telling your story, there's going to be these emotional cues that go off at other people that respond in a way that's reflective. So. Because we're we're all yearning to relate to one another, you know. There's, we have so much in common, more than uncommon, I would say. Uh, but as far as like uh, that process, it's meeting people, sharing my story, listening to theirs, more importantly, and then finding ways to offer help. And and then once people realize that you have the solutions that can help them, whether through you directly or through one of your relationships and your network. You can then say, hey, I'd love to help you with that. And this is kind of like my consulting package or these are the consulting options that I have based on the solution that I'm looking to solve for you. There you go. Yeah, and so, that's still, that's still kind of vague. <laughs> I mean, in a way, but it's essentially 
every business has that right down when it comes down to it every business to a certain degree i guess does what you do in if it's a service or a product a good business a successful business is one that can find their end client or end buyer's problem and have a good solution for them right and it sounds like that's what you do basically uh, and it's like if i can't solve it i know somebody who can so the one of the titles that i i do have is you know a, a super connector and so for me in having a that being one of my really good qualities is the quality of people that i'm connected to there's there's really not a problem i i couldn't solve i feel because if i don't know how to solve it directly immediately I know that I can find the solution in a short period of time. And that kind of makes my consulting a little different because I'm not just niche down into, okay, I get business financing for my consulting clients or I help with their decision making and, and mindset, you know, that. So I'm not niche down. I'm like, man, I'm kind of a jack of all trades. They say master of none, oftentimes better than a master of one. There you go. I'm glad you just said the whole phrase because a lot of people just know the first part. Oh, yeah. No, I, I made sure to look that one up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I, uh, I think I can relate to you specifically because that's what I've realized that that's one of my skill sets as well. You know, just literally just meeting people, seeing what they're about, and then finding a way that either I can personally help them or find them someone that they can be connected to so that then they can do something with, you know, with uh, whatever project they got going on, whatever. I don't know. That it, it's, it's, it, it's so crazy the type of people or the amount of people that have something going on and maybe they haven't pursued it full on because they've, they're missing a key piece or, or key person, right? And I've slowly started to realize that I, I too, am that person, like the connector. And so that's, I think that's another thing that we've both connected on <laughs> over that first discovery call. So, uh, yeah, uh, tell us a little more about your upbringing and maybe how that's affected what you do now. We'd like to get a little deep on this podcast. And you started to mention, you know, where you grew up and things like that. So what was that experience like? How do you feel that molded you? I mean, uh, one of the one of the phrases that I feel like represents that question. Um, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. You know, it was um a time where you were innocent to a degree, you know, and, and, and being raised in the projects in the nineties, in the hip hop culture where, you know, you don't have, if you don't have anything, you're still a proud human being who's going to glorify even the negativity that you identify with. And um, you, you even repeat the stories in, in that glorified sense to say, Hey, I survived this. And, and it's almost like a, subconscious language of disenfranchisement to say, hey, this is the worst thing that I overcame. And you say it positively and you reinforce it. And you're not realizing the wizardry of your language and how it 
you're, you're a vibration that's attracting certain things to you. So, you know, when I reflect and I think about my upbringing and just the uh, blissfulness component of it, of living in the moment. And, you know, we didn't have all the technology in the 90s. So we were still very much, uh, you know, weren't engulfed in technology the way that we are today. It was it, it was really like a, a great time to the sense of that we had love. You know, my mother raised five kids in the projects by herself while, you know, my father that raised us was incarcerated. And me being the middle child, I have two older, two younger. I'm the only one with a, a different biological father. And it it impacted me differently, obviously, because it just uh, somewhat ostracized me to a degree when I learned of that. And being that love was the main component that my mother had given us. Uh, we didn't have financial literacy. We, we didn't have the money to go to the school trips. We didn't have, you know, it, it was, it was all those like constraints on life, but we had, you know, the knowledge of us being here for each other, no matter what good or bad, you know, you're going to fight for each other, fight for that love. So, uh, it, I mean, when you think about like just the circumstantial realities of living in the projects where there's roads and ratches and roads and rat, rats and roaches and there's, uh, you know, gunshots happening outside and you're as a kid and as a kid being told not to look outside because that's not fireworks. Um, you know, those things that you, there's no way to really like protect your, your child, which a parent's like main goal is to try to protect their children from all the things that they're aware of that are you know, potentially harmful to that person, you know, you, you kind of have to be even more bluntly open and honest to your children because of the things that you know that you can't protect them from by not bringing awareness. You have to bring awareness to, hey, if somebody's offering you candy or if somebody's, you know, if you see X, Y, Z, this is what you do. Um, and, it, and it's traumatizing, you know, to a sense, if you think about telling your kids some of the things that you were told, it's like, man, that was, but in many, in many cases, you know, it, it brought awareness to the scenarios that actually exist, unfortunately. So, I mean, that, that surmising that into how it's impacted me now, it's that it put me on a journey of financial literacy and figuring out the mechanisms of money because money is attached to poverty as much as generational wealth is a thing, you know, it's not detached from the, the latter uh, side of the spectrum. So I'm grateful for it. I mean, that that's one of the, the key components to success. I feel like is gratitude and being grateful for every part of your life because they say you, you know, there's two, two lives or two of the biggest realizations that you have in life, which one of them uh, or the most important dates, right? They say the one is when you're born and the second one is when you figure out why. Mm. And in figuring out why you can go back to all the trauma, all the pain, all the tears, all the scars and say that there is purpose behind each and every one of them. And now you're excited and ready to share your gift, to heal the world, to um, give what you didn't receive. And you you see why you didn't receive it is so you can give it almost. It's, and that's the shift in perspective. I feel like that 
those things that were perceivably negative, which if I had a negative mindset, I'd be able to zero in on all the things that just were like unfair. Right. If you knew you were going to be going to a positive destination, one that is abundant in riches and you're like halfway through hell, but you knew that you were going to be going to this land of prosperity, you know, would you still be, you know, downtrodden or would you be excited to get your water, get your whatever you needed to combat those flames and and go go through it? Yeah, no, that's good stuff right there. And you covered quite a bit of, you know, what parents have to deal with nowadays or if, uh, well, yeah, I think that's the biggest one. I th- I think what you experience as a child, it, it's so interesting to me because you and I could have had very similar childhood, but we both have different, perspectives on it or decided to look at it in a different way and because of that we're two different people you know like that's just always so mind-blowing to me because we could have literally gone through the same things but basically what you're saying is it's how you look at it now you know looking back at at those difficult times or also the good times for sure because no matter how bad our our lives are as 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 children i i it's very few cases, I want to say, especially here in the U.S., where you had the absolute worst childhood. You know what I mean? Like, you could have gone through the worst things, but there were still there has to be at least some happy moments that you went through, uh, especially if you're still around, right? Because because you'd like, to, you'd like to think man you'd like to think i've i've heard some and witnessed and have been related to some really sad stories that you would just think like man like what what would be inside this person's heart to still withstand and maintain this why wouldn't they just you know i you, you know like you, why, why wouldn't they just go and, and hurt themselves essentially um, right. For lack of better words, it's like because th- there's something in us that we're not programmed for that one, I think. But I also think that uh, from what you're saying is that it's a perspective thing. You can have people who are living in Beverly Hills who are well to do in every aspect that you could think of in a superficial sense. But emotionally, they're digesting it incorrectly. They're you know what I mean? They're seeing the the half filled cup as opposed to that and and pain is relative you know the human body and brain doesn't register it differently because an objective person could say that's not bad you know right. but they're, they're they're still suffering to some degree and and happiness as you know we, we, we've had this discussion it's it's really in your perspective and your in your gratitude yeah yeah exactly which is why i mean it's it's been reoccurring, I've noticed, in quite a few of the episodes where gratitude has helped the guest. Uh, and then personally, too, I mentioned my my experience with gratitude. It's just being grateful gets you out of that darkness, out of that hole. Sometimes it could be your environment, you know, so you 
find that gratitude it helps you get out of feeling bad because of your environment or sometimes it's an inner battle a lot of the times actually so great gratitude is definitely important and uh, i'm glad you bring it up now going into uh, a little more about how in your case your upbringing molded and shaped who you've become what's something that you can say from your childhood that you remember that you you kind of still see that trait or personality come out even now as an adult oh man probably competitiveness i would okay. say i'm very competitive even in things that i'm not good at you know what i mean it's like <laughs> i'll throw crap about playing ping pong and i i suck i tell i'm like what i'm like come on we're gonna you know give me my you know i'm, I'm gonna try but um I'll, I'll probably joke about it if i really am not good like ping pong um but i would say my competitive nature my competitive edge to not quit even if i'm not good i'm the person who's like okay i suck today but i'm not gonna quit because like bruce lee said he said uh defeat is a mindset Defeat is only when you accept defeat that you're actually defeated. Ooh. And yeah. that is uh, probably, I would say, one of the things that I'm grateful that I still have with me, because whether it's in business, whether it's in, um, you know, friendly competition, I still want to be the best version of myself. And even more so when people in a, in a direct way or in an inadvertently uh unintentional way try to convince you that you're incapable of doing certain things or uh scoff at your your dreams it's it's one of those like okay i'm gonna show you you know to be continued this movie yeah. is still rolling screen right <laughs> so you haven't seen the last of me <laughs> that's it <laughs> Yeah, as he waves awesome. his. Right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, I, th I think that's a great uh, quality to have, and that you've still hold held on to it all this time. So, thank you for sharing that as well. Uh, on this podcast, we like to cover a sweet, uh, sh sorry, a sour and sweet story. You know, sweet and sour is how you usually say it, but we want to end on a high note, so. Uh, I'd like to ask you what has been one of the sour stories that you've had to go through so far, whether that be just on a personal level through business. Uh, so just something that you've had to overcome that has been, if not the most difficult, one of the most difficult things so far. Absolutely. And I mean, Thank you for the question, honestly, and thank you for your time, Levi. I really, really appreciate it. I just wanted to thank you for, for what you're creating because I feel like you giving a voice to people is super important, um, not only for, you know, people that are like us, but people for that are not like us. And um, I feel like that's uh, some of the American values that we, we share. Um, but I wanted to say the most sour would probably be last year, around this time of year. Uh, I was coming back from a a litany of successes where, you know, I've got addicted to going to conferences, right? So 
and quitting my job with J.P. Morgan Chase and going to my first conference and realizing that this is where it's at. You know, this is where people are connecting intentionally, that they're inspired, that they're, you know, they don't have any limitations, you know, to, to what they believe they can accomplish. And when you go to those places, it really is infectious. So I was, I had an epiphany to throw my own conference about my third conference in. This was in June of 2021. So from there, I'm just quantum manifesting by jumping in through the smallest windows that I can to make sure that I'm in the room and making sure that I'm intentionally sharing this manifestation, you know, this vision that only I can see. And um, it's it's 100% mine, without a doubt. You know, that's the confidence that I speak with. And that's kind of the concepts that have shown me the most results by practicing and trust falling into the universe that everything's always going to be all right. That's why I'm not, I don't stress about things. Oh, I'm five minutes late. Oh, it was meant to be that way. So I get to. I'm going to try that one on my wife next time. See what she says. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, think, I think, I think that, uh, that's the one case that it doesn't work. That's yeah. the one. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, you're saying. <laughs> we, if it was an A-B test, we both we both proved that it doesn't work. Nah. Um, <laughs> so, so I I'm on like uh, a conference that I went to in in Vegas, and I was meeting with some. I had just finished coming back from San Diego. And we, we got an, I, I spoke with a, a billionaire out there in, um, uh, Rancho Santa Fe, you know, one of the highest price per square footages in, in California. And we got a yes about sponsorship for the, for the event that I was creating, you know, manifesting. And that yeah. was like the huge, you know, you think about when we, we're supposed to talk about sour, right? And I'm like, man, that was like mind blowing to me that you can create a concept. And you could believe it so with so much conviction and create it, draw it out and then pursue it as if it's yours. And then you get results behind it. To me, that was mind blowing because I didn't understand the mechanism of life that it works in reverse almost that you have to be, do, have. You're not going to do, then have, then sort of become. Mm -hmm. It's um. so I, I go to Vegas. We have even more amazing meetings that contribute to the creation of this concept, the Generational Wealth Conference. And it's Thanksgiving where we were supposed to host, you know, my, my, one of my sons was two months old and it's three 30 in the morning. I had a ton of business calls that were really well. I, I stood up all day. I mean, I even went to the gym, everything that you could think of in personal development to feel good about yourself and accomplished. I did that day. And then I rewarded myself by playing Xbox. So I stood up playing NBA 2K with my brothers online, the way that I usually do, you know, that's the way that we stay in touch and we connect. And I hear the fire alarm go off. It's three 30 in the morning. I was, I'm like, what is that? And I look up and I see black smoke coming from behind me. Ooh. And so I literally wake up, jump up, run. And I see the biggest inferno that I've ever seen in real life in my laundry room. And everybody's asleep. So, in a split second, I thought water, fire hydrant, 
get the get get out of this house. You know, that's how fast I realized that there was nothing I could do about it except for save my family. So I run upstairs. I still have my my noise cancellation Xbox headset on. <laughs> so I mind you, I left everything, my phone, my laptop, any heirloom you could think of wasn't even a consideration. I was so much in a focus of getting everybody out. By the time I was outside of the house, I still had the things on my head, you know? Yeah. And um so by the time I was able to get everybody downstairs, including my grandmother, I was already choking on smoke. That's how fast. Even though I was where the fire was and I ran as fast as I could, which I was a fitness instructor for five years, I'm in decent shape. I was already choking on smoke by the time I got everybody out of the house. And if we would have went to sit asleep and we, you know, we sleep with white noise and all those other things. Who knows if we would be here having this conversation. But for some reason, I was up, told myself to play another game, even though I was really tired, was able to get everybody out of the house. But to attribute to the positivity of manifestation and mindset, even though in anybody else, I'm standing outside four in the morning, holding my two month old, waiting for the fire trucks to come to put out the fire in the house. And I'm over here assuming that everything's just burning to the ground. You see smoke coming out of the windows. Um, I'm just assuming everything is burning to the ground, but the way that my mindset was geared with this, delusional optimism and that everything that's happening to me is happening for me. In that moment, I was able to maintain my resolve by believing that some this is happening for a positive reason. Something good is going to happen out of this ha house fire on Thanksgiving, you know, where after a month, I had to spend a month in, in a hotel and the show doesn't stop, you know, so I had to get my family situated. We had to find a hotel. I'm still on business calls back and forth. And I was back on the road uh, December 12th for another conference. So that wow. happened on the 25th. And then, you know, I got everything situated, but I had to keep pursuing these things. But uh, that was probably the, the most traumatizing experience that I've had. I can imagine, man. I've, I have personally not yet been in a fire like that. You know, I've uh, been to plenty of campfires, you know, been around the campfire and, but man, that I'm just trying to put myself in your shoes right now. And yeah, that, that was, I'm trying to, you know, visualize myself in a situation like that. And that the first thing that comes to mind is like, okay, I need to get my family out of here. And like you said, you forget you know, all these material things that I have around me, forget literally everything. Like the, the mission right now is to make sure my family is okay. And that's what you did. But, uh, oh man, that's, that's scary stuff. That's scary stuff. Legit. And I, like I said, the, I preface it by saying, yo, I'm from the Bronx. I've walked down some really tough streets by myself unarmed. Like, I, I, I understand, you know, like the fear in myself, man. And, you know, just knowing that my family was in danger, my children. And I mean, you know, when you're up close and personal with that sort of like element, it, it, it's man, I had to check my drawers. But when I when everybody calmed down, I was like, this is. That's a great sour story, man. Like. That's that's some life and death stuff right there. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you guys are doing okay. 
you know, uh, you were mentioning to me off air that you guys moved recently. So uh, I'm glad things are looking better. Now the flip side of the coin, man. Tell us a sweet story. What's been one of your uh, recent, you know, top of the world feeling type story that you can share? Oh, man, it's it's really being three feet from gold. That that is the most rewarding thing that I've been blessed with right now is, you know, all that the year and a half that I've been creating this event. You know, now I have everything in place. You know, I have the speakers. We're getting the you know, we have our sponsor locked in. We have um, the concept. We have the team. And everybody's strapped into the rocket ship, you know, and, and it's it's so rewarding to have gone through all those things over the past year and a half from adopting a random concept in my mind to say, and I can't even call it random. It, it, we can't call it random, even this conversation. Um, but to say that I had an epiphany to do something that I've never done before and say that I'm going to do it on the biggest to the biggest magnitude that I could conceive. And then each step of the way, I'm removing that limiting belief lid and recognizing those self, -lim you know, limiting conversations or justifications and just going against my emotional, uh, what's the word that they have in a car? It's called a governor, my emotional governor oh. that keeps me safe, you know, to my knowledge. I, I've, I've never been heard that before. That's nice. And now, you know, we're we're throwing a conference in Dubai, uh, March 24th and 25th. And I mean, we have some of the biggest names that are going to be speaking about philanthropy and legacy uh, from Jeff Hoffman to Didi Wong to Timothy Menard to Gopala Krishnan. Um, we're working on a, a one other billionaire that I'm not going to say her name just yet, but, you know, we have a panel uh, and a purpose, you know, for each panel and then the purpose for each order and an intention to create a transformative experience for people to have that be their moment to be like, man, I took a chance to be in this place around these people. And when I made that choice, my life changed and transformed forever. And who's to say that I wasn't supposed to happen that way? Because once you come on a winning streak, and you start seeing all the things that led you to be on that winning streak. You you don't see anything as happen chance anymore. Like, well, that's just random, you know. Um, yeah, I get you. So being being three feet from gold and uh, having this conference now, where we got the website up, we have. You know, we have all the support that we need to to make it a reality. Um, I would say that is probably the biggest and most exciting thing that I could say is worth sharing. Um, besides, I mean, the birth of my children. That would probably be the the only other thing that tops that. It's up there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing topping it off right now. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, because it's, it's really what it's going to do for other people besides me. The ripple gonna, effect, man. I'm it's sure. going to enrich me, but it's also going to allow me to help so many more people, which 
I've realized is where your greatest fulfillment comes from. If you're thinking on a Maslow's hierarchy of self-actualization model and that transcended self who's already abundant in every type of means you could think of, you know, from personal accomplishment to, um, you know, cellular satiety nutritionally, you're like, when you start giving back to other people and you start enriching other people's lives and providing them, you know, the, the water to put out their fires, the same way you, you found the water and put it out for yourself. You, you just get a different level of fulfillment. I recognize whether it's consulting, whether it's philanthropy, whether it's, um, a podcast. I'm hoping that I'm uh, giving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, yeah, man. Okay. Well, I mean, that sounds super exciting for one. Uh, you said it's in Dubai. That's insane. I mean, since we're already, you know, kind of talking about it, tell us a little more about the uh, criteria of this, this conference. What, what do you hope people get out of it? You kind of already mentioned the end goal, right? Or the purpose of it essentially transform people's lives. But what are some tidbits that you, you really are hoping some people walk away with from this conference? The most important, um, and thank you, Levi, the most important I would say is always going to be your mindset. It's always going to be the, the nuggets of perspective that you put on the many lenses that we look through to see the silver lining a little more clearly. And if you can see the silver lining a little more clearly, right next to it is a line of opportunity. And I feel like when you give people hope, hope is one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful thing that you can give to somebody because what's life without hope? You know, it's like, I might as well end it right now. There's no hope, nothing to hope for at all. You know, you're automatically going to go in the, in the opposite direction. But so I'm hoping to really inspire people to see their ability to make change for the better. If they were already that billionaire philanthropist that had all the means to create whatever it was, to change humanity for the better or change their family or change however big people want to start. Um, I, I want to give them proof that you can think you can remove that limiting belief layer times a hundred and still accomplish it. Um, if you believe so. And um, so that that's one side of it. Then the other side of it is the actual, you know, benefits of the network, you know, because it's a high ticket event. It's going to be in a, a luxury um, venue and it's, it's just going to be all about um, getting people together to celebrate the successes, um, talking about what they're doing with their success. Like Jeff Hoffman, he says that his success with it was another person's uh, miracle. So he couldn't wait to have another billion dollar exit so he can help more of humanity, which to me is just like, the essence of what, you know, we're, we're discussing and hope, hoping to inspire and other entrepreneurs and make philanthropy the lens that you really want to look through. Because when you're looking through a philanthropic lens, your cup is overflowing. You know, you have resources to give, even if it's your time, even if it's your knowledge or an ear, you know, that's philanthropy to a degree. If you look up the, the definition and, you, you know, we're, we're talking about generational wealth. So we're having the expert panels that are the actual resources 
for setting up trusts, for making institutional investments, for getting access to capital for your dream, to understanding the future of blockchain and Web3. You know, those are all going to be the resources that are in this room. And it's not a huge room. It's only 250 people. And, you know, that uh, closeness that that you create in, the, in that uh, environment, I feel like is going to take people to the next level. That's that's the goal. Amazing, man. Cannot wait uh, to hear more about it. I am going to do my best to be there if I can. I'm uh, already brainstorming, see how I can make that happen. Uh, but if anyone is interested in attending this event, is there what's the website that they could go to? How can they find more information on it? Absolutely. I mean, you can always reach out to me directly if you have questions. You can go to Instagram and find me at manifesting dot mitch and if you wanted to go directly to the website to look at some of the resources that we've put together for you and to actually purchase a ticket you can go to www.gwcce.co that's gwcce.co so that's the generational wealth and cryptocurrency expose and it's going to be again of 2023 there you go so make sure to give them a follow and uh, check out that website, check out that event. Even if it's on a whim or even if you're like contemplating, if you had even a second of a thought that, huh, maybe that's something I'd be interested in going to, go check out the website. Check it out, see if you can be there and uh, support this uh, vision that Mitch had and now it's coming into fruition. I mean, I'm, I'm so happy for you, man, and can't wait to to see how it goes. I'm sure it's going to be a huge success. Last question for you. If you had to choose your current life soundtrack, just one. <laughs> if you had to choose one, what song would that be? For me, uh, uh, thinking about this was, I mean, because music is, is such a universal thing. It's so important. But the song that that came to me initially when you asked me this question and it, it really at a pivotal point in my life gave me a certain inner understanding to pursue life differently and let go of things had to be leaving the past by immortal technique okay what what about leaving the past why would you say that's important Ah, because when you grow up traumatized and you have a perception of victimhood, because I mean, it, in many facets, you're justified by the things that you've, you've experienced in life that traumatized you. And, you know, leaving the past was, it was hard to do in a sense, you don't ever really leave it, but you repurpose it is what I've discovered. So, you know, in attempting to leave the past, because I was trying to understand and figure out why all this happened why all these bad things happen um you know 
that song and leaving the past, it was just because he's from Harlem, because he's went through some of the same things that I went through and I was able to follow and attach to um, during getting acquainted with his music. As I was going through those things, um, you know, you're it's like mentorship. You realize that, hey, I need to take a chance on somebody else's uh, way of living or, you know, like it's you, you don't want to reinvent the wheel in life, I've realized. You want to you want to follow, you know, the way the wheel has been made and you want to put some rims on it. Make it special to you. <laughs> pimp it out. <laughs> All right. Pimp it out. So Immortal Technique was one of those like people that I could relate to through the understanding of disenfranchisement and his heart is what spoke to me most as he didn't forget where he came from. He didn't want to forget the people that, you know, he knows are suffering in silence in many, in many fashions. And I feel like that's what his music represented. And he was giving the people who could hear what lessons he learned in life, um, those resources to try to utilize for themselves. So that song in particular, Leaving the Past, it was so important for me to just forget why everything happened for me to just move forward. And, you know, still have my rear view that is that size, but focus on the windshield that is uh, the real direction that I'm going. So. I love it, man. Thank you so much for sharing that song and the reasoning behind it, why it's, it was so important and still is important to you to this day. It's been a pleasure having you, Mitch. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to be on the show sharing your knowledge, sharing your perspective on things, your mindset. Also, again, huge congratulations on this amazing conference that's coming up. Out there, if you're listening or watching, if you'd like any more information, the website would be in the description. Use promo code LEVI, L-E-V-I, all caps, and you'll get 10% off the ticket. And yeah, I... Mitch, I really, 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 really want to be there. I'm really going to do my best to, to, to do so. Um, we'll see how it goes with the missus. Maybe I bring her along or something. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much again for coming on the show. Once again, give Mitch a follow. You know, All his info will be down in the description. And that's all I got to say. Like, comment, share, subscribe. All that stuff. Do the same for Mitch. Next time I'm in LA, we should be out there in February for a, a soiree that we're hosting after a movie premiere for a buddy of mine. And uh, you should come through there too, man. You gotta, you gotta come and hang out with us. Oh, hundred percent. I'm there, especially if it's near Little Tokyo. I love me some good ramen. So, oh man, you gotta show me some spots, man. I'm, I'm not it. a West Coaster, but show me. Oh, you, you got it, man. You just let me know. Give me a heads up and I'll definitely uh, take you to the spots. My man. All right. Thank you so much again, everyone else. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today on another episode of Raspberry Lemonade. You have a beautiful day. Take care. Ooh. This has been a Red Bird Studio production. We hope you've enjoyed the program. 